What's up, everyone, and welcome to your destination for the biggest geek news and reactions in movies, TV, comics, and gaming. This week, we're going to take a little bit of a detour and talk all about Better Call Saul finale. And we're going to wonder if it provided the proper closure to the Breaking Bad universe that we all wanted. All that and more this week, so don't go anywhere, because I'm Chris. And I'm Don, and this is Raised a Geek. Let's go! And we are back. What's going on, everyone? Thank you for checking out episode 69 of Raise the Geek. This week, we're talking about Better Call Saul. I'm Chris. As always, I'm here with my buddy, Don. How are we doing, man? Chris, what is up today, my friend? I am okay. Everything is pretty good. Just uh, relaxing here at the tail end of the weekend. Ready to talk some some geek stuff here with you, but uh, yeah, man, just uh, doing doing well. How are you? How are you today? Not too bad, not too bad. As you said, enjoying the tail end of the weekend, getting ready for uh, Game of Thrones to come back. House of mm-hmm. Dragons premieres in a couple hours, so we were like, let's knock this out before that that hits, because we know that that hopefully is going to be appointment viewing for us again, right? It's the hope. That's the hope. That's the hope and the dream. That's all <laughs> we can. I've seen very mixed reviews. I've seen some nines and then like GameSpot gave it a five and said it's it's too much Game of Thrones or something stupid like that. Mm. I was like, all right, I didn't read the review, so shame on me. But yeah, sometimes those headlines are enough, though. And I don't know, too much Game of Thrones. Is that a good argument? I mean, I guess it is if you hated it. Like if you hated the last season, which a lot of people did, but then there's a lot of people who hated that last season who love the rest of the show. Yeah. That are willing to give this like its proper fair chance. And if it feels like if it feels like, you know, the early years of Game of Thrones, then shit, that's going to be a winner, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, and if and if you hated Game of Thrones, then why were you picked to review or why did you volunteer to review House of the Dragon? If you already had that bias that you were going to say it was two Game of Thrones. Exactly. So boo. It's just more Game of Thrones and makes it and, and makes that a negative. I mean, if anything, that's a positive. Like but it's, it's from the same Game of Thrones. What else are you? How else are you going to do a Game of Thrones spinoff if it doesn't feel a little bit like Game of Thrones? Yeah, you know? about the Game of Thrones. You can't Stupid. complain about people wanting to sit on the Iron Throne on a show called Game of Thrones and then right. use that as right. a negative. Like, right. <laughs> I don't think that works. But once again, I didn't read it. But you can check out GameSpot's five out of ten review of House Ooh. of Dragons. Yeah, it was a little. They got jumped on, but they also got jumped on because they were the same site that gave the Resident Evil Netflix show a nine out of 10. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I mean, I only watched one episode of that Resident Evil show, but I could tell you right now it's not a nine out of 10. <laughs> yeah, someone else gave them a ridiculously high score like IGN. Of course, they always got to be like against what they give high scores to things people hate and low scores to things people love. That's just their thing. It seems yeah. like they do. But yeah, man, I for, I keep forgetting about Resident Evil. I'll turn on Netflix or something else and see it there. Like, oh yeah, I'm probably not going to watch that, am I? <laughs> so I keep thinking uh, about it. It was the proper level of like cheesy sci-fi channel show that I like, mm-hmm. but I still I have to be in the right mood to want to watch it. Yeah. All right, Don. I've tell you the craziest story that happened to me, and then Ooh. we'll get going. I love crazy stories. Crazy stories. I was driving home from work on Friday. 
Oh, I was shit. just getting off the highway and I was on the little feeder road just driving and there's this lady walking on the sidewalk towards me and then she started like freaking out like she had like a bee like a bee was attacking her like she started swatting her arms around and stuff and I'm like and then all of a sudden like her dress flew up and I was like <laughs> what the hell was that so then I was like that's crazy and then she pulled her dress down and I was like I just got flashed by some lady walking on the road <laughs> Cause she had nothing on under this dress. So I was just like, oh, that no. was really weird. And then as I got closer, she did it again, but she literally pulled the dress completely off of her. And then I drove oh. past and there's this lady literally just standing there, butt ass naked <laughs> on the sidewalk. And I was like, what? And then I looked in my mirror and she threw her dress at the car behind me and put her backpack on and just started walking down the street. I was like, there's a naked lady just walking in the mall <laughs> down the street. I was like, that was really weird. I'd never, never seen that before. Hey, man, I got to tell you what you just experienced. <laughs> Somebody drugged up out of their mind. <laughs> Basically, she's probably seeing hallucinations or, or things that aren't there. And yeah, that, that's that's drugs. Yeah. That's that's 100%. don't do drugs right there. Yeah, don't do uh, drugs because you'll end up walking <laughs> down the street naked. That's it's down the highway. It's not like yeah. it was just some random street either. It was like the main loop around the city. No, nah, man, that's yeah, that's something you definitely don't see every day. So no, that was weird. Yeah. I was like, never seen anyone take off their dress and throw it at the car behind me. All right. Wow. Well, that's yeah. that's a hell of a that's a hell of a story there, buddy. Right. Right. Glad you I, tell the tale. Yeah. Right. Glad she didn't throw the dress at my car. I was already past her. Yeah. So. You know, that's going to probably be the, the best thing we talk about this week. Oh, wait, no, we're talking about Better Call Saul. Mm. And if you've seen Better Call Saul, you saw Breaking Bad, you should have seen Better Call Saul. Outstanding. Mm. Yeah, I'm not, not even going to throw that. I'm just going to throw that out there right now. Everything that we're going to talk about is going to be good. Yeah. Anybody who wants to tell you that something about the Breaking Bad world and series of shows and movie aren't like some of the best entertainment television movies that ever exist, they're lying to you or they're just not paying attention or they just want to seem cool. Cause like some of the best shit ever made every, some of the best stuff ever put to film is this, is this stuff. So I'm excited to talk about it with you. Uh, like you said, it's a little off path for us, but man, how can you, how can we not comment on one of the best shows to exist ever? So uh, yeah, it's, it's, not very often that there's just a big finale. I, I love when there's big finales and closures for shows. It comes around every once in a while where there's just some big thing that you have to watch, like when it was on and just had to be there. And I wish this show had more conversation than I think it ultimately had from at least a mainstream audience. It wasn't like Breaking Bad level where I, that was like event appointment television there that everybody needed to watch that finale when it happened, if I remember correctly. Yeah, and when we talk about it, we'll we'll talk about why we think that is. I don't know. Is there's there might be some reasons why, but maybe you know we can try to help each other figure out why that was. But yes, you, I agree with you. So this closure of what fifteen years or in the making, we got wrapping up the Breaking Bad universe. So we are going to talk all about it, and you don't want to miss a thing. And how you do that is by liking, subscribing, and following Raise the Geek all podcasts and social media services hit us up with those five star reviews it helps out the show more than you realize and we appreciate each and every one of you for taking the time to hook us up 
And if you want to join the conversation or share topics that you'd love to hear us talk about or things that we should be watching, make sure you do that over on Twitter and Instagram at Raise the Geek, or you can shoot us an email at raisethegeek at gmail.com. And as always, thank you everyone for listening. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we are about to get into everything, but before we do, we want to make sure you know this episode of Raise the Geek is sponsored by Anchor.fm. So Breaking Bad ran on AMC from 2008 to 2013 and kind of was what some would consider one of the last big, like, as I said in the opening, kind of like appointment viewing. I know Game of Thrones came after it, but I mean, the, sh the shows have been coming farther and farther in between of when there's a show that everybody has to watch at the time. But Breaking Bad was one of the last ones. I think Game of Thrones was like the only thing after that, right? Ooh, I mean, yeah. I guess Mandalorian, I guess some of the streaming ones, but I, I'm. Yeah, perhaps, but like big network, not even network because AMC's cable, but but yeah, I know what you're saying, like a big word of mouth show that everyone the next day, like you're worried if you don't watch it the day of because you might get it talked about to you and you don't want it. One of those feeling shows and yeah, Game yeah. of Thrones and, and Breaking Bad are the two that stand out the most to me anyway that I watched. Um, so, yeah, I can agree with that, I would say. Yeah, it's it's and it was well deserved. It was a hell of a show that mm -hmm. uh, did some crazy stuff, changed. I mean, a lot of stuff of just TV. It made everyone look at like Brian Cranston completely different. It made Aaron Paul a household name, Giancarlo Esposito a household name, even Bob Odenkirk to a way a household name. You know, um, every if you watch Mr. Show or you watch some of those things, Bob Odenkirk's been around for a while. But Breaking Bad was really what put him on the mainstream map. I would say. Yeah, I agree. Right? Is that accurate as well? Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, yeah, man, I, I don't know. Breaking Bad to me was one of those shows, but it wasn't I wasn't on board for Breaking Bad right from the get go when it was like mm -hmm. on AMC. I think I'm one of the people who didn't really jump on until it made its shift to Netflix or started to put all its seasons on Netflix. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's probably the same story a lot of people have. Yeah, um, I do remember when Breaking Bad like came out. Because AMC was one of these networks that did have like attempted prestige, quote unquote, shows. Mm -hmm. So I remember seeing the trailers for it and being like, oh, that's kind of weird. It's got a weird name. It's about chemistry. Like the Breaking Bad uh, logo is like uh, signs from the periodic table. And I'm not going to like that. And it's the weird dad from Malcolm in the Middle. Like, what show is this? Yeah. But yeah. just at some point, word of mouth started when it hit Netflix. And I was just like, all right, let me see what it this show's all about and yeah uh that was years ago but i i just never looked back <laughs> you know i watched that show very quickly i think i caught up before it ended uh, on netflix and kind of got to follow along at the end there uh as it ended but man hell of a show go probably go down in the age top five i think all time for me like drama series it's gotta be and i don't see anything knocking it off soon that's how good it is um I feel like a lot of people feel that way too, but how do you feel? How, what's your Breaking Bad life experience? Yeah, I know I heard about it. I feel like I remember watching, getting like the DVDs of like season one at the library and watching it. But season one, it was such a different style of show. It was gritty. It was just a, kind of dark, kind of messed up. 
and kind of depressing, especially that first season, those first like six episodes. So I remember watching it going, that was good, but I just didn't feel the pull quite yet. And then Netflix happened. So I rewatched that first season again. And at that point, but like you said, it hit Netflix. Everyone was pulling their hair out about how awesome this show was. I'm like, got to watch this. So I rewatched the first season and then started the second one. And yeah, once it once it went, it went. And, you know, once Tuco got in there, it was it was all over. Yeah, yeah. I was Tuco. like, oh, got to watch this now. Yeah, man, it, it's it's like a it's almost the definition of a show that's super slow burn at first. And if you stick with it, you'll feel the rewards later. Like, I, I can believe there's people who probably did, went the same route you did and watched the beginning of it. I was like, ah, this show's OK, but I don't know. Yeah, like you did. You there's no way you could tell what that show was going to end up being. No, by that, by that first half of season one at all, it was like the same show, but it felt different. You know what I mean? the The show just kept ramping up year after year after year until that crazy ending. But um, yeah, it was one of those. It was perfectly made for streaming, and it was perfectly made to sit and binge. And it was just the right time. It was the right show for Netflix to have to get the rights to, which they have the rights to, to like 2025 or something stupid. Um, and it just was, like I said, a perfect storm of bright circumstances to really get people pumped up for it. And it benefited greatly, which then led to a Netflix movie, El Camino. Mm-hmm. And it led to a spinoff, Better Call Saul, prequel spinoff, which I hate prequels. But we've been down this road. We've been down this road. We're not the biggest fans of prequels. Yeah. But if you're going to do a prequel, watch these two shows. (laughs) Yeah. I really think so. I mean, I, it'd be hard and we can get into it, but it's hard to really see where this show, where Better Call Saul being a prequel hurt it. Right. There was enough, there was enough going on there. There was enough new characters that, weren't in better breaking bad that i didn't know what their fate was going to be we had how many conversations about hey what's going to happen with kim what's going to happen with any of these characters you know coming into this finale so i think it's just really still had the sense of dread that prequels don't like to have yeah most definitely uh that's kind of what we talked about when we talk about prequels and when we have talked about prequels on this show, like Obi-Wan is the one that comes to mind is, you know, there's no stakes because you know exactly what's going to happen with, you know, Obi-Wan and Darth Vader. Mm -hmm. Better call Saul. We know what's going to happen to, for the most part to Saul and um, Mike and Mm -hmm. Gus, but that was it. And that was it. But there's still now there's so many other characters in the sandbox to play with where it's like, wow, I didn't see that guy in Breaking Bad. What's going to happen to him? Ooh, this Howard guy. Well, Kim. Well, oh, my God. What's going to happen to Kim? We never she's never talked about in Breaking Bad, but she seems to be a huge part of Jimmy's life. How can that be? How can we never have heard of her? Mm-hmm. Um, and even though, you know, what's going to happen to Mike and Gus and and Saul, it still feels like the stakes are still there for those characters, even though we know they're not going to die. You know what I mean? Yes. Uh, Like I'm just, I'm sitting there scared for Saul the whole way along the way. Like what's going to happen to him? Well, he's going to live. It's okay. Remember breaking bad, but I don't know. Some bad shit still might happen, but uh, I don't know. So as far as prequels go, like Vince Gilligan and Peter Gould and all them, they, they just knew how to do this the correct way. And I think it really shows in the final product. 100%. And what was nice was like, 
it was a while since I watched Breaking Bad. I watched Breaking Bad. Last time I watched it was when it was on, right? So I watched it leading up to what, 2013. So we're already nine years ago. It was the mm-hmm. last time I watched Breaking Bad. They did the El Camino movie a few years ago. Watched it, could not tell you a damn thing that happened in Breaking Bad. So I'm sitting there like, what is happening right now? And I watched it, still enjoyed it, but I I couldn't appreciate it as much as if I was more familiar. Then I remember watching Better Call Saul and I watched like the first season or watched half of the first season, enjoyed what I saw, but then ditched cable and it just kind of faded away in time. And then uh, sat down, decided to binge. Once they made that announcement that Walt and Jesse were going to be in this final season of Better Call Saul, I'm like, it's time to binge. So we sat and binged five seasons of Better Call Saul and watched the four or five mm-hmm. of season six that were already out to get caught up. Then they did that break. And during that break, we watched all five ep- seasons of Breaking Bad. So and yeah. then El Camino again. So like I'm my Breaking Bad. I remember a lot now. <laughs> yeah, you've got you've got it popping out of your ears. You, you've, you've been through the ringer here with the Vince Gilligan universe. Yeah, the um, Vince Gilligan universe has definitely been uh, what I've been doing for the past couple of months. Yeah, right on. And yeah, it's hurt I, everything else because it's so good. <laughs> Yeah, man, it's a like you said, it's appointment viewing for for even better call Saul. We said Breaking Bad was for me better call Saul was as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I hadn't seen the El Camino movie. We were just talking about this the other day. I did just watch it this week for the first time. Yeah, um, and I'm glad I did because it was as well produced, as well written um, as either of these shows, and I'm glad I got to complete everything. And it's been a hell of a run. And you got to see, you don't realize that Jesse kind of got the short end of the stick in that last season. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot going on with him, but he was kind of doing his own thing and they didn't show it. And you didn't really realize it at the time because you were really focused on Walt. Right. But then like rewatching it and then going back and watching El Camino, I'm like, okay, I'm glad this movie exists. Like, I'm glad to be able to really see (laughs) Jesse. Yeah. Putting the focus on him. Putting the focus on him and showing you the kind of the little things that happened to him in between mm-hmm. that you didn't that you didn't get to see, like you said, because they're not focused on Jesse, but a, a two hour movie that is focused on Jesse, where we get to see all the inside, all the little cracks and the crevices of what happened to him as he's uh captive. And, you know, you got Jesse Plemons coming back to be his role. Which he was awesome in that. He was amazing in that movie. <laughs> like, amazing. I forgot he was in that movie. I forgot they brought Todd back for that movie. Mm-hmm. And uh he was so damn good in that movie, man. Well, he's fantastic. He was fantastic. He is fantastic, period. Yeah. Just like yeah. as an actor. But yes, that he was great in that. I, I was in awe of that performance. But uh, yeah, man, I'm glad I watched that. And Breaking Bad is a classic masterpiece. And now we're here to talk about Better Call Saul. So, yeah, Saul Goodman was the sleazy lawyer played by bob odenkirk who appeared in the second season of breaking bad which i didn't realize he showed up really early in breaking bad's run he was originally only supposed to be in like three episodes and Mm -hmm. have an arc and he ended up in 43 episodes and pretty much ran all the way up to the end and got another 63 episodes being that character (laughs) of his own show of his own show so like said the uh Definitely got his money's worth out of being cast as that yeah. character. For everybody in the whole universe, Bob Odenkirk, Saul Goodman is the one who's been in the most of it. Yeah. Which you wouldn't, have, which you wouldn't have thought that the first time you see the sleazy lawyer, 
pop up in Breaking Bad. You're like, ah, this little side character. Oh, I recognize him. That's Bob Odenkirk. That's funny. Yep. But like, he ends up being the <laughs> the biggest, um, longest lasting presence in this universe. Is crazy. A little crazy to think about. Right. That that's the character. But everybody <laughs> loved Bob Odenkirk's awesome. I mean, mm. we talked about Mr. Show. We've talked about, you know, all the different things he did with David Cross. He's been doing comedy and stand up and sketch and improv for years and years and years before. I think he was this. like a writer on The Simpsons or something. Yeah, writer on The Simpsons. I think he did Saturday Night Live writing as well. I mean, he's mm. been around and been a part of things, so many things that we don't even realize, I'm sure. And then uh, he was one Landon, of Elaine's boyfriends. He was <laughs> one. Of, he was a doctor. <laughs> he's like, no, I'm not a doctor. I'm in medical school. Uh, and he was one of Elaine's boyfriends. Yeah. So, well, so was, so was, uh, so was Brian oh Cranston. God. So it comes full circle. It does come full circle. They were both on Seinfeld. I bet you they talked about it. There's probably an interview somewhere <laughs> where they talked about it. Yeah. But, uh, you know, as a sleazy character and then to be able to, like you said, come full circle and come walk it back to then go backwards as a prequel and see who that character is and really give Bob Odenkirk a lot of different levels you know he he played the sleazy money laundering crime lawyer just out there to make a buck but then to switch gears to jimmy mcgill his real name and to really dive into that character and what made him that it was a fun ride man which uh which saw goodman did you like yeah, man, it's it's weird. And I don't know, the the Saul we're presented with in Breaking Bad is, I don't want to say one-dimensional, but you didn't get to explore his character at all. In the same in at all, in the same way, of course, which we got in his own show, Better Call Saul. Yeah. But so to me, he was just kind of a guy when he's on screen, I always just thought, you know, it always matched the tone. Uh it, it makes sense for them to have a lawyer like this who's sleazy and will do anything to help their money and empire. He wants to be rich too. But I never, I never really looked. He was just kind of a surface yeah, character, yeah. you know what I mean? Nothing, nothing, no scene with him ever to me. Anyway, it's been a while since I watched it. Was ever like, oh man, this is crazy how involved Saul is and all this. He's just right. kind of a guy to the side, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it was just never expected. I guess Better Call Saul just kind of caught me off guard. And we'll talk about what we thought about that show when it was announced. But um, yeah, man, the, the Saul I was presented with in Breaking Bad was just kind of a another small little side part of the show and i'll tell you watching almost the whole better call saul show and then during that break before these last like six episodes watching breaking bad when he showed up it was jarring because he was very full-on sleazy just right. like and of course you know we're sitting there like oh who's kim where's kim what's going on and he's seeing him so devoted to her but then seeing him with like hookers and seeing him with all kinds of craziness and making all these like shrewd comments to uh to, to his workers and to just women in general and just kind of we're like yeah that's a dude who doesn't have kim in his life what happens to kim <laughs> like, yeah, it was yeah. kind of jarring at first to see saul goodman yeah the, the way he was originally presented yeah. before we before we met jimmy mcgill yeah. um so yeah i could i could totally see that but we'll, we're going to talk about the show clearly but yeah. i i feel like they shifted man shifted no i feel like they bridged the gap to that character in a very smart way, like made it make sense as to why he would be acting that way mm -hmm. in better in breaking bad. Um, they're in the final season. Yeah. 
like like you said well this is a guy who doesn't have kim in his life well no he doesn't and here's why and here's how badly that ended to (laughs) make him be that person uh so yeah I, i was totally cool with that i don't know what did you think of when you first heard they're doing a spinoff of this mm-hmm. and it comes out, it's called better call Saul. And it's about Saul Goodman. It's about Bob Odenkirk. What were your original thoughts? If I can remember, when was that? That was 2015. So if I can think all the way back, yeah. 2015, <laughs> yeah. lots happened in those seven years. Uh, <laughs> I'm good. I just saw you dart behind you. Like something was there. No, I heard my dryer go off. So if you hear the dryer go off on the show, that's what happened scared me for a second i was like who's in your house um but bringing back to better i remember being excited for it i was like ready for more breaking bad like you said breaking bad went off the air in 2013 this was almost immediately announced that it was happening so we knew and then like i said two years later less than we got this show and i was i remember being excited i remember uh just like I said, Bob Odenkirk, that character was funny. You know, I just the idea of more of that character. And then when they said it was a prequel to see how he got there, I just remember being excited and interested for more Breaking Bad. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm about the same way. I do just remember I was excited that we were going to get a more look into like the Breaking Bad world. Mm-hmm. But thinking in my head like, oh, Saul, Saul Goodman, like eh, that's kind of. I'm going to temper my expectations a little bit. Like, ah, couldn't they done a show about Mike or Gus or somebody else? Like, yeah. Saul, the lawyer. Um, little did I know it was going to turn out to be one of the greatest shows ever and stands on the same level as Breaking Bad. Well, and <laughs> but, you uh, got your show with Mike and Gus. And no, you definitely, definitely and No, it's true. The show, say what you want, is it being like a law thing about, you know, the lawyer profession and his descent into whatever being a scumbag lawyer. It's just as heavy into like the cartel side of breaking bad and um, the drugs and the drug, whatever Um, it's called better call Saul, but this is a Mike show too. This is a Gus show too. There's a new character, Nacho. This is, you know, it's a nice mixture of everything. I think that's kind of what kept me going. Um, and feeling great about the show the entire time is bouncing back and forth between like Mike Nacho stuff. Then we're back to Saul and Kim. It was just a felt like a good balance, even though those two worlds were totally separate for the most part until yeah. they came crashing together at the end. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, dude, <laughs> it was literally the end before they came crashing. <laughs> yeah. Together. yeah, totally. Um, but yeah, I just it was very surprising at how well this show just came together and just kind of kept that same breaking bad but being completely different this was as they're saying even with like she hulk now that just premiered this is a lawyer show this is a lawyer show better call saul was a lawyer show like the first handful of seasons were about the law were about courtrooms were about it wasn't about i mean like you said you had the cursory drug trade or the cartels or the gangs but i mean this show for all intents and purposes was a lawyer show and it had that feel and just a different, completely different vibe than Breaking Bad. Yeah, I like calling those early years the Chuck years, the Mike McKeon years. Um, yeah. And that's when it was very, like you said, law heavy, courtroom heavy, him scheming his way around things, outsmarting people. He's, he's you know, a lawyer who's not. Jimmy was a lawyer who didn't have all the accolades as his brother. He didn't go to like a fancy college. He got his degree from like American Samoa University or something. Online. He's just kind of weaseling his way around, but he's actually really smart. And the way he's doing things, even though they're kind of 
I don't want to say underhanded, but just like frowned upon, like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? He's not doing things by the book. He's actually breaking some rules along the way, but everything he does is smart. And for a reason, and you could just tell how like right he is for this job, but he's got something inside him. That's sleazy still. Um, you can see the seeds of Saul in Jimmy, even at the beginning a little bit, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, but you could see the people who held him back from becoming that character sooner. Like he started as Saul being the sleazy con man. He had his buddy who he was pulling, you know, little scams on people, making little bits of money here and there. And you could just see that type of the slipping Jimmy is what they called him. Mm-hmm, you could yep. see all of that and you could see the Saul in that character. But then he had his brother, you know, he had Chuck kind of keep him on no. the straight and narrow a little bit and you had kim who came in when he was starting his law and trying to get back on the straight and narrow and really she kept him on that all the way until the point where she left you know once she left then what happened he went straight to i'm full, Saul goodman full full speed ahead saul yeah yeah i mean he was Saul goodman before that so i mean but it was fun to watch all of the things that it was a nice transition for a prequel of a character like there was a lot of character development and growth in there of just what led him to that point and i bought all of it yeah i totally did too and that kind of brought us into the last season where they kind of had to wrap everything up and and we had we had some crazy moments in this in this last season especially with stall and i'm I'm really glad i just want to make a point now before i forget i'm glad we got back to a lot of gene gene yes. was like a a running a running thing through every season. Only um, the first like opening of every season. Correct. So the first episode of every season had a gene scene that kind of gave you a glimpse. And this is even how they started the show. Kind of gave you a glimpse into you put it together pretty quick that this is post Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. Um, especially because it's like the joke he made there in Breaking Bad. Where he's like, maybe I'll go be the manager of a Cinnabon somewhere. And then all of a sudden he is the manager of a Cinnabon. That was like yeah. brilliant. Yeah. That yeah. was brilliant from the beginning, them doing yeah. that. But uh, so the gene scenes, and it's kind of telling the story a little bit. And then at the beginning here of the final season, we didn't get that right away. And I was like, oh, man, what's going on with Gene? Why aren't we getting Gene? We're supposed to get Gene. And then towards the end of this last season, there's like full Gene episodes. And I was like, yes, Gene. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the last like three, three or four episodes were pretty much Gene. Dude, and it was so good. Like it's sitting there answering we're fine the season is finally giving us answers to all the questions we had yeah um connecting all the dots between the end of breaking bad and and gene's time and what led him to this point and who he's running from and why he's running and man just so freaking good and you got carol burnett in there it's just it was just a uh avalanche of amazingness for this last season and i was really happy to watch it how'd you feel about this last season and everything it was yeah, it was good. Like I said, I really am glad that I rewatched Breaking Bad because it's just so much I remembered about where we were, especially coming in with all these gene scenes and trying to figure out where he was and what happened at the end of Breaking Bad with Saul's character because I couldn't really remember. So it was fun to rewatch all of that and have that understanding of what was going on. So then I could appreciate the gene stuff a little bit more. And I just found it funny when they were talking about how like Saul was the like last remaining person that was either that was pretty much alive Mm. or at least not or at least they knew the whereabouts of and were looking for so it was just kind of crazy to think that 
all of Breaking Bad, like all the craziness that happened, it all comes down to Saul Goodman, you know? <laughs> right. He's like the only one who has to pay any kind of price. Yeah. Or anything, because Walt's dead. Yeah. Jesse's wherever, missing. Yeah. And who else can you blame? There's no one else Everyone you can blame. Everyone else is except dead. The yeah, except the lawyer. So all the aftermath, yeah, everything kind of lands on Saul's shoulders. That is crazy when you think about it. Through all yeah. that mayhem and murder and blood and everything, it's like boils down to Bob Odenkirk. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. He's the one who's paying for it. Yeah, it's um, wild. But yeah, it's just, it's crazy. It's just not, not exactly where I pictured it, it going, but yeah, just this last season was just, they gave us so many answers. Like you said, I enjoyed the the coming back to Gene for so many episodes and really getting that breaking bad closure, which was cool and unexpected. Cause it almost, they came back from that break and almost wrapped up all of the Better Call Saul stories. Mm-hmm. So I was like, man, this first episode back, we kind of already are done with Gus and we're done with Lalo and done with Mike. And I mean, pretty much everybody was done at that point. And I was like, they just wrapped up the whole show yeah. right now. And we still have like five episodes left. I'm like, what is about to happen? But I, I like how they did that. I really like how they did that. I was satisfied with that. They could have ended the show right there, and I probably would have been... They could have ended the entire series with that Gus scene at the bar, and I probably would have been happy. That was like a beautiful scene of him. <laughs> no, that, that was master. That was masterful. Yeah. That was masterful that's, television. I will remember that scene for... And I just watched it again not too long ago because I, I had the marathon on before the finale, and I watched most of the season six again. And... uh yeah, that scene, just that being Gus's last scene, I was so glad they chose to do that. And yeah, it was just this masterful scene of just, I don't even really fully know. It was just this conversation and the way it was shot and the way that it was and the emotion on that Gus played and knowing his character arc and knowing stuff with Breaking Bad and his traumas that he's gone through with the Salamancas and stuff. It just was this beautiful, just like you said, masterclass of acting and just storytelling for characters that you don't even know. I don't know who that dude was that was hitting on him at the bar. Yeah. It's, I think it more, I'm with you. It, it, I think it spoke to me more as like, this is, we didn't know that was going to be Gus's last scene, but it was. And yeah. it was, you know, so when you think back on it, like, oh God, that's a beautiful way to end Gus's appearance on this show or in the, in this entire, that's the last time I'll ever see Gus Fring. Yeah. But I liked that it, kind of gave us a window into him that he's actually like a human being with like he has feelings and emotions and desires and wants and needs and like wants to smile at things we never saw gus smile at anything he's always been a serious like a robot basically just focused on focused on being this drug cartel kingpin but in like a quiet moment away from all that you know around somebody that he clearly cares about he's like a man who can smile and feel something, but then, you know, realizes before things go too far that that's a life he can't have. Um, like he can't enjoy the regular things that regular people get to like love or, or anything just like happiness. He, that's just not in the cards for his life. He's, he is who he is. He's a, you know, whatever. And I just thought that was great. When he tried to have that and the mm-hmm. Salamanca's killed him. Right. So it's like he tried to go in and he had his his lover, his partner that he was going into this drug trade with. And then the Salamancas killed him, you know, so then Gus, you know, that was Gus's 
problem with the Salamancas from day one. And mm. just knowing knowing that going into this scene too, and seeing how bad he wants that again, but just knows based on the other decisions he made, he can't have it. And yeah, like you said, it's heartbreaking and beautiful at the same time. And it was just a great scene. And when it ended, I was like, I think that's his last scene on this show. I don't think we're going to see Gus again because it just there was no other reason for that scene to exist in that form. No, we didn't need him for anything else. That was the end of his story. Yeah, it was so good. Yeah. Um, like I said, I, Vince Gillian knows how to wrap up a show, man. Um, yeah. He did it with Breaking Bad, I felt, because even season five of Breaking Bad, because oh, they ended season four, and I was like, they could have ended the show right there, and I think I would have been okay with just kind of taking out Gus and doing those things. And then they came back for season five of Walt saying, I want to be in charge now. And I was yeah. like, I'm here for all of this. And you don't realize you need it until you see it. And then I'm just like, okay, glad they did this. Yeah. And then season five of Breaking Bad turns out to be like the most, one of the most incredible seasons of television to ever exist. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. Um, and this show is pretty, getting pretty close. This is the last season of, of Better Call Saul, man. Like you said, that, that opened up that last scene with Gus and you kind of are done with Mike and Gus and you're done with that whole side. Lalo Lalo's dead you know Nacho died earlier on in this season we're done with Gus we're done with Mike it kind of opened us up to like we were just talking about Saul and Gene and especially also Kim um well she already left him exactly that well that's what I'm saying we did not get we didn't know that Kim was going to come back now we had a feeling I mean you talk privately like how can you end the show and not have some kind of resolution with um Kim and Saul Kim and Jimmy yes Um, Cause the last we saw of her, that was just them breaking up, you know, in the, in the aftermath of Howard's death spoilers. I, I, we, I, the spoilers, you guys know. Um, but in the aftermath of Howard's death, that was the last we saw of Kim and their resolution of their, you know, dissolution of their relationship. And, um, man, I don't know, these gene episodes kind of were our, were our gateway back to Kim. And we finally got our question answered after all these years is, Kim's still alive. What's she doing? What's happening? And that like second to last or third to last episode got a lot of Kim in there in her new life. What did you think of all the um, that and all those reveals and just the craziness, the the craziness that we've been waiting all these years for? I I, I enjoyed the Kim arc. I enjoyed the just where she went as a <clears throat> character and what they did with her. She's still a very confusing character um, just because she was very she played her cards close to her the chest, you know, and she was very, she kept a lot of her emotions. She was very statuesque on the outside. So it was hard to really like Jimmy was the only one who could really like break through and kind of see the real her. So seeing like knowing what she wanted and seeing her in this was really weird having, because they would do all those like flash forwards in black and white. And -hmm. then they showed her in her new life where, you know, that this was like normal times, but it looked like it was the fifties because it was black and white and the way that they were talking and having those like dinner parties. Her hairstyle, her <laughs> hairstyle, like they set it up like it was the fifties, but it totally wasn't the fifties. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved that. That was just so unique. But uh, I really, I'm just glad that they didn't kill her. Yes, I didn't want everybody to die. I liked the idea of knowing Kim was still out there in some way. Yeah, uh, killing her would have just been like for shock value, and that's just not the way that Vince Gilligan runs things. And I, you know, that's why we love that guy. The way he it just didn't make sense to his world and he knew it. So he didn't do it. Um, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Kim Wex- Wexler to me as a character is, I don't know. I just really, 
I I've enjoyed her since the beginning. I thought she was a great like foil and muse or whatever to Saul the entire time. Like you said, kept him balanced in the early years and see their relationship develop and knowing they might not be good for each other, but they're going to go for it anyway. Or she thought maybe he wouldn't be good for her, but she can't help it. They have this connection and all the good times they had through the years and her kind of getting sucked into his scheming ways and, and, her wanting to be good and do things by the book, but still being excited and like um, interested in the way he did things and she could find the thrill in it. Yeah. Um, And she was good at it too. And I think that kind of scared her that them two together, they knew they could do this. And I don't know, man, she, she was, she never went full Saul, but she was there. She was like with him in these schemes. Um, They were like a perfect team, but, but when things went too far, you know, they went too far for her. She couldn't, she couldn't handle the, cartel side of it and the drugs and the murder obviously and um like i said just just seeing her again in the future i think is great i think kim wexler is just as important to this story and the breaking bad world as anybody mm-hmm. like if you think of the entire breaking bad universe you got like walt jesse saul and kim those are like the four main to me the four mains i mean mike mike too but like i think kim kind of wrote her name in there in that list where you can't talk about this universe without her. No, hundred percent. Cause I mean, so much, so much of like just Jimmy and I mean, even coming back around to the end, I mean that how the thing ended and how they wrapped up breaking bad was kind of all about her. Mm-hmm. You know, breaking bad got wrapped up at the end of this show and it got an ending that I didn't know I wanted. 10 years right. ago when it ended, you know, and it was just like Breaking Bad ended. I'm like, cool. Then I saw El Camino and I'm like, cool. Now I'm watching this Better Call Saul finale and I'm like, I'm getting another Breaking Bad ending. This is our third Breaking Bad ending. And yeah, I'm here for Pretty all much. of it. Like, I didn't realize that was, there was still that much closure I wanted. Yeah. And you and you get it, like you said, with Kim being smack dab in the middle of the whole thing. And we never knew the entire time that how involved she was going to be. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, now there are moments in TV that hmm. traumatize you, right? Sure. sure. There's just moments where you just you watch something and it just stays. It's just something you always remember. And I'm telling you, when Howard got killed, <laughs> that was one of those moments that traumatized me. Like I could, I knew it was coming. Like hmm. it, it wasn't a surprise. At the moment when he when Lala walked into that room, I was like, oh, poor Howard. But just the way that they did it, it was so well done and just so set up to traumatize you and then that's how they ended that stupid they made us wait like six weeks for another episode and that was just brutal and that will stay with me forever (laughs) (laughs) forever uh yeah like it's something if i watch that show again i'm gonna dread it coming like it's just Mm -hmm. it's a mark on the show and not a bad mark but it's not like sons of anarchy since sons of anarchy had one of those moments and it's the reason why I won't watch the show again. Like I watched it. I watched that whole show. I enjoyed it, but they did something towards the end in one of the season finales that traumatized me and it like ruined my day and it was too much. And I kept watching the show afterwards, but I couldn't go back and watch it now <laughs> because I know that that would come and I don't want to watch that again. This one, it's not that to that level. Cause it was, I think it was done better. It wasn't as drawn out or as yeah. traumatizing. Well, here's the thing with me. I agree, and I agree with everything you're saying. I will remember that scene. Um, it's it's the it's the Hank Schrader moment from yeah, yeah. 
Breaking Bad. That's that's what how we're getting killed is. Um, You're 100 percent right. That's exactly what it is. And because it's and it's even more so in this case, because I agree with you, there's something about in a show when someone gets killed who is like completely 100 percent innocent Mm -hmm. and shouldn't have to. And that's why it hurts more because you see them in that moment of shock when they're about to die, like being like, oh, I'm dead. And like, I didn't even like, I'm a good guy. Like I'm a good person. And somehow now I'm just in this situation where I'm about to die. Yeah, Like that, that's what makes it even harder. Like Howard's last moments where he's like, uh, uh, and you can totally tell he knows what's going to happen to him. And he wishes he wasn't there. Like he wishes he would have never walked into Kim and Jimmy's apartment that night, but now Mm -hmm. he has, and he's about to die. And then he does. And that's what makes it like very hard to take. I still remember being like, oh, my God. And especially because he doesn't know what's going on. No, he has no clue. He just he has no clue who this dude is. He has no clue why he's there. He just sees his gun in this dude's hand. And he's as he's screwing a silencer on going shit. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I'm with you on that. That is it was that is one of those scenes that'll stick with you. Yeah. But it was so. It was just so well done that it's not traumatizing to the point where I can't watch it. Totally. It's just sad. Yep, I agree with you. Sons of Anarchy just traumatized me to the point where I can't watch it. I don't remember what scene you're talking about. We'll talk about <laughs> I didn't know if you watched that whole show, but no, I did. Um, it was a good show, solid show. I'm not. I have nothing, nothing but love for Sons of Anarchy, but whew, yeah, some rough moments towards the end. Um, and they went for shock, like they went to like let's shock you, and it wasn't as artfully done, but. Uh, Nacho is another one that got a good death in this show. Yeah, his was earned and he kind of knew it going in and this is his way to save his father and kind of get out of the life completely. And he knows he has really no other way out besides this. And he kind of got to do it on his terms. 100% on his terms. And, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, got to look Hector in the face and say, I'm the one who put you in that chair. That was awesome. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I was dying. You can kill me and shoot me a hundred more times afterwards. I'm already dead. So who who the fuck cares? You know what I mean? He got to say what he wanted to say and knew he was going to die anyway. So, yeah, he went out like a boss. Yeah, he got the last uh, word. That was nice. Yeah. What do you think of Mike and Gus? Those are the two other ones kind of in this. Well, we, we talked about Gus, but Mike mostly for. If. Saul has had the most shows. He might have the second most, maybe, depending yeah, on if you yeah. count them up between the two shows. So, I mean, what does Mike mean to you as a character? Are you sad you'll never see him again in anything? Good a little Mike? bit. A little yeah. bit. I. It was nice that he was a, such a big part of this um, to see more of Mike and to get more of his backstory and to really give him, like, just as a character, time to shine. And to really, it makes his... Breaking Bad appearances that much stronger, knowing so much more about him, knowing his backstory, knowing his history, knowing how he got into this life and what he was doing and the private eye and how he got in with Gus and the cartels. It was just super well. It was something once again, like a Saul show. It was something I didn't know I needed or didn't know I wanted more Mike. Right. Yeah, it just was. You know, I mean, even Gus to a point, it's like, well, I there was a lot of Gus in Breaking Bad and his his arc on that was cool. I really didn't need more. They gave me some flashbacks. They gave me enough. Mike was still a character that was kind of shrouded and I didn't fully know exactly 
too much about Mike. So really being able to do some flashbacks, dive into his police history, dive into his family, and then just see him be a, a badass across the board when people are trying to kill him and do stuff. It was just, it was a very nice addition to the show that I'm glad that they were creative enough to do. Yeah, I agree. Totally. I, it, more Mike was, was when the show was originally announced and it was said, you know, this is a Saul Goodman show, but then they're like, Oh, but it's also got Mike Ehrmantraut as like the other character. I was like, yes, that's cool. Yep. Like showing him and then showing him at his roots being like a, you know, he's just a retired cop being a, parking attendant for the lawyer building and that's how he meets Saul for the first time or whatever it's just crazy and seeing his rise to being you mean, a you mean courthouse <laughs> what did I say lawyer building <laughs> lawyer building whatever courthouse lawyer building same shit I, I speak them English <laughs> uh yeah but seeing his rise from that to being you know hooking up with Gus and becoming the drug enforcer and cartel taking over his life and him just being about that money now. And because he's good at that, you know, he, he's, he wants to be a good guy, but he knows what he's good at and he knows how he's going to make money and provide for his granddaughter. And we kind of got a clues into why he's doing this so he can, you know, take care of his granddaughter because his son died. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, man, all the Mike stuff, big fan. I'm glad we got to see him more and I'm sad we won't see him again. Um, yeah. Yeah, man, kind of got a nice little view of the inner workings of his story as well. Well, and as we're talking about tying up all these loose ends, they had some cameos in this finale. They last did. Couple, last couple episodes. They And it, as we I said in the beginning, they talked about how they were bringing back Walt and Jesse. We're going to reprise their roles for this. I heard ahead of time that Brian Cranston, I think, said that they had one scene together and then they each had one scene separately. Mm -hmm. um, which is exactly what what happened how did you feel about these cameos were these needed did they add to it did they take away were they a distraction welcome addition i loved them just because it's those two guys um and just being a big fan of the original show i mean you want to see them you want to see we always thought we always were kind of questioning throughout the entire better call saul timeline is when will they overlap each other will yeah. they overlap each other like by the end of this show will we already will we now be to better call salt i mean breaking bad times um yeah which we were we, right which we were and we weren't because i kind of jumped around with time a little bit there at the end but uh yeah man i i thought it was fun to see them again um i'll be honest like i said i watched el camino recently and seeing the cameo in that of you know uh brian cranston reprising as walter white for that surprised me more because i didn't yeah. know about it like you knew you knew about this one because yeah. vince gilligan talked about it before the season even came out to kind of stir up a little chatter yeah but uh no but it was still totally cool um you can definitely tell that aaron paul has aged which is <laughs> i fine. know that's such a shame <laughs> One of the hardest things about that was, yeah, I mean, he's he's trying to play like a recently, you yeah, know, a high school year old, a high yeah. school student or whatever, and he's forty in real life, so it's hard to do. But you got to kind of look past that, um, which I did. It was just good to see see them and hear them and have some dialogue and kind of it filled in some gaps too, um, you know, of the first time Saul ever met them and talked to them and figured out who they were like, Oh, you make the blue stuff. You know what I mean? So it filled in some gaps. Uh, I, I was for it. I thought it was that one specifically was cool. Those two guys. What'd you think? 
Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I, it was fun to see him. I agree with you, Jesse. Poor Aaron Paul. Just we got to get old and <laughs> yeah. dressing dressing him in those baggy clothes and having him, you know. But but still, once still once say he, bitch and bro. Once, but once he did that, I was just like nice and it just i (laughs) didn't care at that point because then you heard it you still heard jesse in that when he was like bitch and i was like okay (laughs) he's there okay cool um and his his scene with kim was a little bit better like i don't know it wasn't as he still looked funny but it was a little bit more grounded so you kind of didn't notice that he was older as much i think you know he wasn't doing the shtick you know, whenever, whenever Aaron Paul or Jesse as a character wasn't doing the shtick, he always seemed a little older and a little wiser when he was trying to be calmer. It was sure. whenever he jumped into the full blown bitch, bro, cook master. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, then then he always seemed so much younger. So then, yeah, watching a forty year old do it was a little much. But no, it was it was fun, and it was something watching Breaking Bad to hear. Saul yell, you know, Ignacio and Lalo and do that stuff. And you're just like, oh, shit. Like, they, mm-hmm. those were names he mentioned in his first, like, first or second appearance in Breaking Bad way back in season two. So having them come back around to that moment was really cool. And then they even brought it in the finale as part of his defense, which I thought was cool. Which part do you mean? Him talking about that—that that was my first introduction to Walter White. Oh, right, right, right. You right. know, my knees, and I was in front of a grave, and yeah. he was going to kill me, and I was doing—I did everything out of fear and all of that stuff. And I was like, "Sweet, I really thought he was going to saw his way out of anything," which he pretty much did, which was cool. Well, he was going to saw his way out of it until he found out that Kim was going to go down as well. Yeah, um, not even go down legally, but like lose everything in her life if he didn't do something about it. So, yeah, like going off track a little bit when when he started that speech again, he gave us that whole speech in the room with the detectives and in front of uh, Hank Schrader's widow. Another great cameo. Uh, I couldn't figure out why she was there, though. She's like the last one of the remaining victims remaining family. Yeah, I guess from this whole thing. But this is a Saul for I mean, Saul, this is a trial for Saul. I don't know. It was it was cool. I mean, she was like the last person who from Breaking Bad that didn't cameo on this show. You know, everybody else did except for Skyler and Walt Jr. The only two that didn't show up. Right. But they were talked about. I was expecting maybe they would. Yeah. But Marie was kind of the last character from Breaking Bad that was never really talked about and never shown. So she was kind of the last one to, to pop in there. Yeah, for sure. But anyway, yes, I still loved having her in there. I, I completely cut you off with what you were saying. <laughs> no, I don't even remember what I was saying. No, it's okay. Uh, I think I was talking his, about his speech. You were talking about his speech in the room when he gave it. Oh, right, right. I thought that was another beautiful scene when he gave his whole long speech, which <clears throat> we know Vince Gilligan is known for his long winded stuff. Depends on how you feel about that but um he gave his whole speech and then it seemed like he was about to do the same thing exact same one again in the courtroom Mm -hmm. but when he flipped it to change it to basically taking the blame taking the blame for howard taking the blame for his own self not making him he made him totally made himself the victim when he's talking to the police but when he's talking to the judge he made it be like i liked it i made millions of dollars off it i was part of it i was i was the one in charge yeah, he's basically said, like, there would be no Walter White without me. I was like, this is insane. Um, but he's right. 
No, he is right. <laughs> he is right. <laughs> he kept Walt alive to make so he could make money. Like he was a hundred percent accurate in all of that, which is crazy to think about. Like you said, how all of this comes back to Saul Goodman. It's crazy. Yep. Full circle. He's the mastermind. <laughs> but outside of Marie, mm. the other cameo I was not expecting in this was Chuck bringing back Michael McKean, his uh, brother. Yeah. And uh, even I, it's because Chuck was in the first like three seasons. So it's mm-hmm. been a while since, I mean, a lot of show has happened since Chuck. But even then, it was just when he's talked about his brother when he was given that big speech in the courthouse and they showed the exit sign. Yeah. And he heard the electricity and, you know, because his brother had that disease, you know, mm-hmm. in quotes with electricity where he was super sensitive and just, man, that was such a gorgeous shot and just way that they did that and cut behind that exit sign, which was something they did quite a bit towards the end of Chuck's run on the show. And it just made me remember, like, as soon as they did that, I was like, oh yeah, that was this show and Chuck and stuff. And then they cut to an actual cameo with him. I was like, oh, this is so nice. This was so just remembering where the show actually came from. Like that was the origins of the show, you know, the first wave. Yeah. It it felt right when you saw it in that. Like the, the, you know, Hank's X is a nice, fun Breaking Bad cameo, but this is the one that's just like, wasn't talked about. We didn't know it was coming, but then after watching it, you realize was the one that was really needed. Yeah. Um, Cause even like you just said a second ago, like, oh, that was the same show. Like it's been so long yeah. since the Chuck episodes that it was just felt right. And, and they kind of had to just be in that era and moment with with chuck and jimmy one more time before you could let the show off into the sunset so i was happy with it oh a hundred percent hundred percent and michael mckean's always i mean he was a surprise cast you know Mm -hmm. just cast addition kind of a big name in his own right um added to the cast of the show when the show started and i was like oh i like michael mckean i'm down for this so i remember watching when the show started and thinking okay this is cool so yeah i'm uh I'm glad that they brought him back. And like you said, was the cameo that I'm glad they kept quiet and was a cameo that hundred percent was needed. Yep. I was into it. So I know Vince Gilligan said, and this might be a short answer anyway, but I know Vince Gilligan said breaking bad is done. More or less. He said that. Yep. Mm -hmm. Is there anything that you would still want to see? Or are you happy with the closure that we've gotten now across two shows in a movie? Yeah, I've tried to think about this answer a little bit myself because it seems sad when you hear that, that he's not going to go back to the world or has no plans to. Mm-hmm. But then if you sit back for a second and actually think about it, you're like, well, does he need to? Does it, does, is it, is it truly finished? Um, so, yeah, I think if this is it, if this is done, I think it's a fully wrapped, fully told story and doesn't need to be explored. I would just selfishly want more if more was announced but oh yeah give it to me whatever it could be now what what that could look like i have no idea i've i've tried to sit here and think about it like do you make a show about um hank you know (laughs) do you make a show about young gus becoming whatever and just go get that actor who uh played young giancarlo esposito on the boys (laughs) remember that guy (laughs) he had the same voice you can go get that guy to make a a Gus prequel show but um I don't know man I don't know what that would look like but I'd be here for it if something happened but if not I'm totally okay with that not happening and just just that being it 
hundred percent. I don't think that I don't think there's any more that they can do. If they wanted to do a Breaking Bad universe, but do new something new, I would be here mm-hmm. for it. Like if you set it something in that world, but it has to be all new characters. Like you can't. Yeah, you can't. I mean, outside of a cameo here or there from, like I said, maybe Saul, maybe some. But I mean, but I I don't think it's needed. But I mean, if you wanted to, I'd be down for more Breaking Bad universe of some way. Um, just that setting and that drug trade and it's very interesting and obviously there's things still going with it and there's still yeah like someone from the salamanca family or something if you wanted to dive into that if you want to dive into that but i think there's enough's been told now that i don't think it's necessarily necessary necessarily necessary (laughs) i'm poetic (laughs) i don't think so either i think if, if it ends here and we're done i'm okay with it and this is the kind of media where you can actually go back and watch this again. It's that good years down the road. If you want to start chronologically from the beginning and mix up your episodes and watch them that way, you could totally do that with this show. Um, yeah. Because when we watched the first five seasons of better call Saul mm-hmm. with not with barely remembering breaking bad and only kind of like little things coming back, it still was a damn good show. We still enjoyed the show. There was still more than enough there and more than enough new characters. And they introduced all of the existing characters well enough that you just were along for the ride that I don't think you need to see breaking bad to watch better call Saul. And my wife didn't, she's never seen, okay. but she still enjoyed uh, better call Saul. Um, we wanted to watch it just because she's a big fan of Bob Odenkirk. And so yeah. when that show was coming, I was like, Oh, let's watch it. But like, do you want to watch breaking bad? Like, no, I'm okay. And I, I was like, all right, suit yourself. But you know what? At the, at the end of the day, you can, uh, you can do that. They, they do exist separately. And there's only a few little things where it's like, Oh, you might not know that first person or that face, but they make it easy enough for you to follow or it's like, you can just roll with it. Um, so yeah, agreed. I was about to say, did was the finale still solid for her? Like, because it, it went pretty heavy post Breaking Bad towards the end. Did she drop off a little bit, or not really? Because it still wasn't. It was still engrossing television. You know yeah. what I mean? I I helped fill in the gaps a little bit, um, but for the most part, I don't think that it really mattered. Uh, curious. Still, just in the way he made it, you know, I feel like it could have been enjoyed either way. Maybe more, it, it's more fulfilling. Maybe if you've watched Breaking Bad, now you're getting some questions answered from that show that have been lingering for years. Yeah. But I think it was made well enough where it's just like, oh, yeah, it could have worked either way. I agree. So then, yeah. hardest question mm-hmm. Which show do you like better? <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that, man. I know. Um, that's hard, dude. I know. Oh, I know. I don't know. I think they're they they're just so close to each other. It's so it's hard. Like, man, I don't know. I know. I honestly don't know. And like, I it seems like the natural answer is Breaking Bad. It seems like that would be the natural answer. That's the answer most people would say. Like, Breaking Bad is one of the best shows that ever lived. It is, and I I get it. But and yep. more people know that than Better Call Saul. Like, more people watched Breaking Bad. I feel than Better Call Saul. But this show is just as just as good and just as like quality as that show. So it's really hard to say. Um, Breaking Bad might edge it out a little bit in my mind, but if it does, it's not by much. It's like barely, barely there. I think they're both on equal footing and you have to mention one in the same breath with the other one. If you're ever going to talk about Breaking Bad with somebody, 
like as a conversation, you have to talk about Better Call Saul. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's what um, we just did. We couldn't talk yeah. about Better Call Saul without talking about Breaking Bad. <laughs> right. So I don't know. I'll, that's the way I'll kind of lean for now. But that's could change in the future. I don't know. What do you think? I'm kind. I mean, I completely am the same page. It's hard to answer the question. It's hard to really know. They're both outstanding shows. Um, I would probably at this point in time, I w- I edge Better Call Saul just that little bit past Breaking Bad. I enjoyed the, especially just rewatching Breaking Bad now. Breaking Bad leaned really heavy, a little bit heavier into the dark comedy mm-hmm. and was still a really good show. And pr- Better Call Saul probably wouldn't be as good if it didn't have it. But the tone, like I said, the the first handful of seasons being the lawyer, the moments that hit, hit just right. And just the tone of the show, the character development of the show, the emotion of the show, there was a lot more to it in my opinion where breaking bad had it but then they also had a lot of skyler and uh, no, i'm just kidding <laughs> um, and also I, his uh, like his two goofy friends sometimes took you out of it like well there the- was a lot more humor than i remember yeah. I, there was a lot more humor than i remembered being in it and um not that it was bad and it was i laughed and i i mean i enjoy breaking bad ridiculous but like i said just kind of looking back sitting back and watching both of them recently it's just better call saul to me just kind of had a a tighter just like the tone of it was just that little bit different that i enjoyed i think a little bit more but i mean it's barely there and i you can ask me tomorrow and i could probably be like breaking bad yeah like better better call saul is like the new fresh thing yeah. Um, once again, there was a lot in there with the gene stuff that couldn't exist without the Breaking Bad. I don't know if it would hit the same way. Uh, clearly, you're talking with your wife saying it should, didn't bother her, so maybe I don't need it. But yeah. as you said, knowing what I know from Breaking Bad, just having that there was was really cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man, I'm I'm with you. I think, like like we said, ask me ask me tomorrow, and my answer might yeah. change. Ask me the day after that, and it might go back, but. You can't go wrong with either show. You can't go wrong with either order that you watch them. You really can't go wrong with anything. You can, it's one of the rare prequels that you can watch before and it doesn't, you can watch before or like watching chronological order and it doesn't hurt anything. It doesn't Mm -hmm. spoil anything. Like it's just, it's done really, really, really well. It is. And then we just talked about like, would we want something from this universe again in the future that, answer yes no whatever fine i just want something more from vince gilligan and even peter gould like show me their next project because they've they've just shown me through this uh through this series and that series and the el camino movie just the dude just knows how to make good quality entertainment so i'm here for whatever is next for him um 100 yeah and amc's already got bob odenkirk and Giancarlo esposito tied down for two other shows that i'll probably check out yeah, they told us about that enough during the finale, like four different times. Like, make sure you guys watch this. Oh, yeah. Somebody from produce who's producing this show is also producing Interview with a Vampire. Watch that. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm not watching Interview with a Vampire. I'm not either. I'm not either. That but does not uh, look good. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Um, but yeah, anything Vince Gilligan related, sign me up. 100%. And, and as we're going out the door and we gave no love, I have one comment. Yes. I completely understand your struggles with watching Hawkeye now. 
seeing Lalo Salamanca (laughs) in that show being a completely different character. Now, looking back at it, I loved him on Hawkeye. Yeah, it would be really weird to watch it now. Now that I know who Lalo is, and I remember you mentioning that before, going, he plays he plays this crazy dude on a on Better Better Call Saul, and and then when I saw him, and best part of the entire show, and I don't know if you're ever going to remember this, but I'm giving Lalo some love. Mm -hmm. Do you remember the scene when he when they were hunting down the Germans, and he went to that like currency exchange, and he did that? He would do those crazy jumps. Do you remember when he jumped out of the ceiling? <laughs> Not really. You got to like, go back. He climbed I, up like there was bulletproof glass and they had the cashier on the other side. And then the cashier got distracted. And when he looked back, the ceiling tiles were moved. And all of a sudden, Lalo just came crashing through the ceiling and landed on his feet. It was amazingly hilarious. But there were a couple of times where he would do crazy jumps, like these super far jumps. And I was like, Lalo jumps. I was very <laughs> excited for that. So much love to uh, Lalo as a character. He didn't we didn't get. No, we didn't get, but he was amazing. We didn't get to him and he was amazing. He was like an amazing villain just because he was so happy. Like <laughs> nothing yeah. bothered him. I think it was during one of those talking bad things when they were talking to the creators like, yeah, man, Lalo is like, it's funny. He's like the craziest, most bloodthirsty one on the show, but he's probably also the happiest. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he was a great addition to the universe and world and Salamanca family. That was that was I loved that performance. You're right. We shouldn't. We had to mention him. We couldn't leave. Just him needed else. to mention him on the way on our way out the door. I wanted to make sure that Lalo got mentioned because we talked about everybody else. But outstanding show. If you haven't watched it yet and you're still here, I don't know how you just go watch it. Yeah, it's totally worth it. If you're a fan of Breaking Bad, even if you're not, if you just like good TV, man, just watch it. It's there for you and it's amazing. Some of the best out there, but I think that's going to do it for us this week. So I hope you enjoyed this sidebar conversation on the Breaking Bad universe and the Better Call Saul finale. Sidebar, lawyer talk. I see what you did there. Lawyer <laughs> talk. Yeah, I'm clever. I'm clever. But, but as I said, and then wrap it up for this week. So for Raise the Geek, I'm Chris. And I'm Don. And thanks for checking out the show. Where geek is all we speak. <laughs>